We're going to welcome everyone to the podcast. This is called From the Preacher Study. We'll spend about 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. studying the scriptures today. We're in the book of James in the very first chapter, and so we hope that you'll think along with us as we go through the, uh, the text here, go through the, the book of James. We began that last our last couple of podcasts, so we're just going to continue that this time, take up where we left off. We hope that you'll join us if you have access to a Bible, uh, whether it's uh, in the old-fashioned book form or whether it's mm-hmm. on your phone or some other electronic device. Hope that you'll follow along with us. If you don't have access to that, we hope you'll listen carefully and, and think about the things we have to say as we consider what God's Word has to say for us. Kevin, any introductory remarks this time? Yeah, isn't it remarkable that we have for us the mind of God revealed in these uh, divine pages of inspiration? And it is, you know, we've been talking about wisdom, and we have the wisdom of God that is accessible and is attainable by us as human beings. We can read, we can understand, we can commit to memory, we can mold our lives by this teaching. So I hope we don't take it for granted that we can actually read and understand and know God's will, understand what the will of the Lord is. And so we're very thankful to be a part of that to help give the sense, so to speak, of the Word of God in the Epistle of James. Uh, we also are very thankful for our two deacons, uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, who dutifully and faithfully always assist us with all the technology needed to bring this word to you in this format. So very thankful for this opportunity. Tell others about the program. Hope that you're getting uh, uh, uplifting and education. I know as long as we do our part, which is to present the word, God will do his part. It will not return to him void, Isaiah 55. So thank you for supporting the podcast, and we look forward for this study. Uh, I was thinking that- Earlier today, in fact, that um, you know the the listener, you know, if you if you're tired of uh, listening to sports talk radio, if you get tired of that, <laughs> if you get tired of 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 trying to find something worthwhile to listen to on the radio, if you get right. tired of listening to the mo- news or political talk radio, sure. hey, f- set up your phone so that you can listen right. to the podcast right. in your car as you drive to work or right. as you take your children to school or you run errands around town. Mm-hmm. That would be much more Absolutely. valuable as we think about God's word, but be much more valuable than any of these other things. Absolutely. And so, no question. And so, I'm mm-hmm. not saying don't ever listen to those other sure, things, sure, but sure. Uh, if if you kind of grow weary of that kind of mm-hmm. uh, that kind of information, hey, oh, open up your phone and take a listen to the podcast. Amen. And that's really what we're designed for. We kind of right. try to limit it to a certain number, a certain length of time. So that as you're doing those kinds of things, you can listen in. Amen. All right, James chapter 1. So we worked our way through at the beginning of the chapter uh, where James says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you uh, encounter various trials. We talked about that, mm-hmm. how that so so different from our natural human response when mm-hmm. we encounter trials. He says, count it, count it joy. It, it, it is productive in your life to endure these trials it eventually have its perfect work. And then that transitions into verse 5, mm-hmm. where he says, if you lack wisdom, mm-hmm. then you need wisdom mm-hmm. to deal with the trials and to endure the trials. And so you can see how uh, one subject sort of transitions fairly naturally into the next. Right. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and, mm-hmm. and God will give you mm-hmm. wisdom, mm-hmm. is the promise that's made there in verses 5, 6, and 7, and 8. Right. And so, you know, we don't, we, we're not double-minded right. people. Uh, but uh, we ask, we ask in faith, ask with confidence that mm-hmm. God will perform what he's uh, promised to do. All right. And then we transition into verse 9, which mm-hmm. I kind of see as a continuation in a way mm-hmm. of these thoughts. He says, 
But the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position. And then the rich man is to glory in his humiliation, because like flowering grass, he'll pass away. The sun rises with a scorching wind and withers the grass, and his flower falls off, and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. So to the rich man, so to the rich man in the midst of his pursuits will fade away. And so, um, being of humble circumstances is a trial mm -hmm. that people may have to endure. Sure. And then a person who is rich, it comes with trial as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. that people might need to learn how to manage. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, we need to develop wisdom to know how to handle the trials and the difficulties that we face in life. And so, if we're in these circumstances, that brings its own set, set of trials. And so we need wisdom to know how to manage that. Now, we might be in the opposite set of circumstances, but don't think you're immune to trial because right. it comes with its own set of trials. And we need to know how to manage that. And so I think what he's telling us here is no matter what your station in life, you can mm -hmm. be very poor, very rich, or any other station in life, it comes with its own set of difficulties and challenges, and you need wisdom to, uh, to endure that and to handle that successfully. And he gives us some insight in the passage as to the right way to think about our circumstances. And so that's what we want to be able to do. We want to be able to evaluate our circumstances mm -hmm. by a godly standard. And so if we can evaluate our circumstances by a godly standard, well, then that will help us to manage those circumstances in an appropriate way, in a, pro a way appropriate for a child of God. And so that's sort of an overview of the passage. We'll get into some specifics. Kevin, at this point, anything to add? Yeah, one of the things I think is really interesting is the two different perspectives. You know, obviously, when a person becomes a Christian, there's one way to obey the gospel. Uh, but when you come at it from a lowly brother, say one of the lowest of the low, he says, you know, you've been exalted by this process. You're now a child of God. You're now in God's family. You're part of the holy nation, the royal priesthood. Now, that is no less true for the rich brother because they're all into the same body. We're all baptized into the same body, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. But it's a different perspective. For the rich person who's been used to depending upon their wealth, their influence, their power, he has to humble himself. He has to become meek. He's got to divest himself of all that. And at the end of the day, there's almost a, a leveling of the playing field, right. if you will. The, the low brother and the rich brother, they're the same in Christ. No is one No one is more important than the other. So there's an equality. Uh, and I think what's described here is just the difference that you approach that equality for the brother who has not had a lot of life, not had a lot of success. All of a sudden, he's in the family of God, so he's been exalted. The rich person who may be used to getting his way and do what he wants to has to be humbled because now he's just like everybody else. And people have made the point back in those days, you could have a slave owner and a slave who are equal in Christ. Right. So what does the world value? I mean, what, what does the world place importance on? Wealth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why, we're, you know, people in the world, that, that's what they're trying to acquire. That's what they're trying to achieve. That's why they go to work every that's day right. to acquire more and more wealth or more and more material things. And so they value that. Yeah. And we highly esteem people that we are do. successful we do. and that are wealthy. We think that they've achieved something great as far as the world concerned. Uh, the world values influence. It does. Uh, it a does. person might not be wealthy, but he might have a lot of power. Right. He might have a lot of influence in one way or another. And so we value that. Mm -hmm. we, we have a great deal of respect for people who wield a lot of influence in the world or a position. Yeah. 
Uh, and so a person aspires to a certain mm-hmm, position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He likes the title mm-hmm. and he likes the respect that comes from that position or just human achievement. You right, know, they, right. So these are things that the world values that sets this person above, really above other people, his wealth, his influence, his position, his achievement. But God evaluates things differently. To wealth wealth is of no value to right, God. He doesn't right. care if you're if you're wealthy or poor. That's right. And so he evaluates these things differently. What we need to learn is to evaluate things in the same, the same way that way God does. evaluates That's them. Right. And to highly esteem the characteristics mm-hmm. and qualities that God looks for in a person that he highly esteems, that he highly values. And that's going to put a different, once we learn those things, it'll put a different perspective on the things of the world that's and what right. the world values. That's right. And so that's why. Yeah. A person of humble means, he uh-huh. lives a very modest life, maybe maybe even very low on the economic scale. Right. But see, that doesn't matter to God. That's right. Because that person can have such a godly mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. that he's very highly esteemed in God's sight. And that person needs to understand that. That's right. Understand that about his own life. That's right. I may I may not be much as far as this world is concerned, but in God's eyes, I, I can be a wonderful. I can be a great person. And you and know that's the, going to help him endure. And then that's and the corollary of that is the rich person needs to understand all of these achievements, all of this wealth, all that. He said this stuff is fleeting. He says all of your glory, you're really like the grass, the flower fails, the beautiful appearance perishes. And he says the rich man in a similar way is going to fade away in his pursuits. And of course that's a a topic that'll be picked up later in James chapter four as well. But the idea that this is temporary, so don't get caught up in this stuff. This all is going to go away. And as you say, riches do not commend themselves to God. It doesn't matter, okay, he who has the most toys wins. No, that's not the way, <laughs> right. that's not the way right. God uh, develops the rules for the game. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, that God has raised us, raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places mm-hmm. in Christ. So think about a poor man, mm-hmm. and he's, he, he's not highly esteemed by, by the world. Um, uh, he hasn't accomplished a great deal by, by the world's standards. But God raises him up to sit in heavenly places. Amen. Or you think about that. Right. And so that's what James is saying. I want you to think about those that kind of mm-hmm. things when you consider uh, your life. And, and I know that being humble or being poor, uh, going without some of the world's niceties, that, that comes with some challenges. It that's going to be it's a hard life. It does. But you have every spiritual blessing mm-hmm. in Christ. Amen. And so I want you to think about that. So you, you are rich really beyond measure. You know, I have very much of this world's goods, right. but you're wealthy beyond any, any kind of Amen. measurement. Amen. And so that helps me endure the difficult circumstances. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 8 says, Better is a little with mm-hmm. righteousness mm-hmm. than great income with injustice. Yeah. Better is a little mm-hmm. with righteousness. And so that's what James, I think, is trying to get mm-hmm. his readers to see and us to see as well. I also thought of Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that through his poverty you might become rich. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Paul is talking about in material things right. or a financial gain. He's talking mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. You become rich spiritually. And so it takes some wisdom to develop that, doesn't it? Right. it? It takes some wisdom to look at life that way and not get caught up in the world's standards of success, 
But even though you're in humble circumstances, you can be a success in God's sight. Amen. And you can be, well, very prosperous indeed. Amen. On the other hand, as, as you said just a moment ago, the, the rich person, mm-hmm. he needs to humble himself. Right. Of course, uh, the rich have a tendency uh, to feel self-sufficient. I'm a, I'm a cut above. Yeah. Maybe even look with contempt mm-hmm. on, on others. others. And what James tells him is, look, your, your wealth is not going to last you forever. That's right. It's going to pass away. Uh-huh. It's not going to pass over into heaven with right. you. Right. And so you need to understand that. It's, it's, it's fine to have these things, use them appropriately, but that's not what's going to commend you to God. And so right. uh, you need to understand that it, humble yourself before God, and that's what he values. It, and don't worry about the evaluation that people make about your worth. You worry about what God thinks, and in God's eyes, mm-hmm. is the person who humbles himself and becomes a servant to others That's right. who is great in the kingdom of God. Anything you want to add at that yeah, point? Yeah, I couldn't help but think about 1 Timothy 6, uh, 17 okay. and 18. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. And the key to that verse is not to trust in uncertain riches, but to trust in the living God. And that's the problem with a lot of wealthy people or rich people or powerful people, whatever it is that got them the influence, whatever it is that gets them noticed, that's what they tend to lean on. That's what they fall back on. That's what they trust in. And God says, I don't care that you're rich. Understand I'm the one who gave you those wealth, those riches. So right. trust in me. Because those riches may be here today, gone tomorrow. How many times have we seen that in the news? People are rich one day and they lose everything the next. But he says, if you trust in me, then you've always got something that's solid. And he said, you know, you take that wealth and you do good things with it. Why? Because you're a steward. You don't own that stuff. I gave it to you in the first place. Use it to benefit others and trust in me. And so really the poor man and the rich man ought to be the same. And they're both trusting in God. Also, 1 Timothy 6, 17 um, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited. Yeah. Don't be conceited. Right. Don't be arrogant about yourself. Don't right. puff yourself up. Think you're cut above the rest. No, That's you right. humble yourself before God. That's right. And you use these things that God has given you to help others and, and to serve others. Amen. And so, you know, be, be encouraged here. Be, be encouraged. If you're a person of a humble state, well, you're, you're, you're rich beyond your mm-hmm, imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, be encouraged. You know, if, if you're a person who's wealthy, you humble yourself. Right. Well, then you're greatly valued in, in the sight of God. Every situation in life has its trials. It does. Yeah. Every situation. Sometimes we think, well, you know, if I could just live like that guy over there, all my problems would be solved. <laughs> well, that guy has problems you might not, you know, you, you may have no idea about. That's right. And so every situation has its challenges. Every situation has its trials. And so we just need wisdom to be able to manage those. And if we can develop the perspective on things that God has, that's going to help us. I couldn't help when you were talking about the challenges of both states in life. Uh, Proverbs 30, beginning with 7. Two things I request of you, deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be fool and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So there's the idea that either extreme has challenges. It could be that you have everything you want and you're tempted to get haughty and say, I don't need God, I can do it myself. 
Or if you don't have very much, you might be tempted to resort to immoral means to get mm-hmm. those things, to steal the things that you feel like you need. And the writer says, don't give me either one of those extremes. Just give me what I need, God. Give me my daily allotted. And you've made this, yeah. this point. Sounds like the, the Lord's Prayer. You know, feed us this day our daily bread. Right. Uh, it's interesting to me. I mean, you're citing the book of Proverbs. I, I turned to a passage in Proverbs a minute ago. We've looked at, mm-hmm. at First Timothy. Here we are in James. Right. Why does the Bible talk so much about material things? That's a problem. And why does why do the, why do the scriptures talk so much about having the right attitude about wealth or poverty? It's a problem. It's huge. It's a yeah. problem for us. Yeah. We get caught up in it. We're probably more caught up in that than we realize. Uh, I suspect, and so. We need to examine self, just do, do a self-check and make sure that we're, we're not getting caught up in that. And, um, you know, um, just to heed the warning, and that's going to serve us well. Well, and a lot of those warnings are given to God's people. So that's we right. shouldn't think that we're immune to it simply because we're in the kingdom of God. Yeah, no, that's God right. saying you too can be caught up in this. That's right. Absolutely. Well, our time's out, Kevin. We didn't really get very far in this uh, in this podcast. So maybe just a little thought uh, for uh, for everybody today. Uh, just be careful about the way you think about mm-hmm. about wealth and about your life. Every circumstance, whether you're talking about wealth or something else, has its challenges. Try to uh, ask God for wisdom. Try to develop that that perspective that God has on life, and that's going to help us endure. And as we'll see, if we endure mm-hmm. these these trials and things that come our way, mm-hmm. well, then the reward is, is waiting for us. And so that's what we want in the end. Appreciate everybody listening to right. us and joining in with our study today. We're going to close with a word of prayer. Brother Kevin, would you lead us? Sure. Your gracious Heavenly Father, we bow our heads in all of you, in, in all of your reverence and your holiness and your justice, your power, your might, your mind, your wisdom. We as the creature are so... Uh, amazed by the intelligent design that we see throughout the entire universe. We see uh, on our planet, we see among the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom. We see even within our own bodies, as the psalmist said, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we praise you and honor you for that great might, that great intellect, the things you've done that are just beyond uh, our ability to fully comprehend. And we're so very thankful that you're a God who cares for us, who looks out for us, who wants the best for us, and certainly has done everything that you could do to put us in a position to serve you faithfully, which is our whole purpose in life. So we thank you for that. Most especially, we thank you for your son and that great sacrifice on the cross that really, truly made us fit to serve the only way we could be successful in serving you. Thank you for the love that was demonstrated on that cross, and thank you for the sacrifice that was given. And we thank you for the word that you have given to us. We've been spending this podcast, spending this uh, technological format in such a way to study your word. And we're very appreciative of that. It is amazing that you have uh, communicated to us in a way that our feeble minds can't understand and can take to heart the things you've revealed to us. Uh, We're always mindful that what we're uh, studying, what's been revealed to us is all just a portion of what your mind thinks about, contemplates, and has available to uh, it as knowledge and information. The secret things belong to you, but we are appreciative of that small portion 
that you've chose to reveal to us, which is a lifetime's worth of work. And please help us to be appreciative and spend as much time as we can diving into and understanding how you would have us live in this life. Thank you for the direction, the guidance we have. We especially are mindful of that as we study the book of James. There's so many practical things that are laid out, starting with how we view ourselves, how we view this world, how we view success. And as we've talked about today, uh, let us view success not through the lens of the world that defines it in terms of money and influence and power and fame and, and how people look up to us, but, but to see are we in a right relationship with you? Uh, are we using that godly wisdom that has been divulged to us through this word? And we ask that we may, if we're the lowly person in life, that we understand that we've been exalted by the fact that we're in the family of God, your family, in your church, and what an honor that is, and that we trust not in ourselves, uh, not in what other people think about us, but we trust in you. But even the rich man in his pursuits and his achievements and his wealth, let him condescend and humiliate himself, uh, understanding that he, just like the lowly brother, needs you and needs to trust in you, not in uncertain riches, as Paul told Timothy, but in you as the living God. And at the end of the day, that we're all equal in Christ, we're all the same, and let us learn to see ourselves as you see us, to value the things that you value, and to exalt the things that you exalt among men, and that is having the proper character. And let us every day work on developing more and more the character that we saw on full display in your son in the most perfect way possible. And every day we're striving to imitate and emulate him in every way possible, growing more and more like your son every day that we live. We ask that you continue to be with us in the study of James that we may uh, unpack and, and reveal to others what you have uh, put into this word. And uh, we ask that as we teach and as we lead this podcast, that we only bring out the things that you intended to be unpacked from the scriptures, not our own opinions, our own thoughts, but actually what is in your divine inspired word. And if we do that, we would know that the word will not return to us void. It would do much good, not only to ourselves, but also for those who are hearing us through this format. Please continue to be with us and bless this effort. Christ's name we pray. Amen.